Good morning, future Alex. It is day 31. Today is April the 8th, and I'm going to talk a bit about testing business ideas and how I've done that with prototypes and sort of what is now coined the no-code movement. So three options. Option one that I used a lot was just your standard landing page. Now, this one's fairly common. You put up a page describing what you do, maybe add a video of some kind of mock-up or describing the process, and then you collect email addresses of people that are interested. Now, my experience here has been twofold. If you use paid ads to get people to the site, the success rate is really bad. You do get a lot of emails, but they turn out to be useless. I still haven't figured out why people click an ad, use an email address that is obviously not real, and then sign up to your mailing list. The only thing I can think of is that it's part of a tactic of legitimizing that account, specifically the Google account, since Google checks for many things when you have, for example, a capture, like a robot test. There's multiple signals that determine if you're a bot or not. And maybe clicking on ads and signing up for things may all be signals that increase the worth of that associated email address. But that's just an assumption at this point. I've definitely had better success if I use the landing page and manually invite people or get in touch with people that I think could be interested. The number of signups are way lower, of course, but the quality of each one is much higher. And the next step then is try to pre-sell them your product even, uh, maybe for a discount before you even start developing it. Option two I refer to as fake it until you make it. I had a project a couple of years ago where we tested the viability of a sports booking site with a twist. We wanted it to be the intelligent assistant for anyone wanting to play sports. So you could say, I want to play tennis tomorrow in this area of town, and it would match you up with a tennis court that was available around the time that you specified. The main question we needed to answer here was whether or not people were actually willing to hand off the the selection of a place to play to a website even if it did follow roughly the instructions they gave but there was always the question in the back of our mind if people may not want to give away that control over the selection so we put up a simple form that asked for location and time and then sent an email confirmation to the user saying that we'd be in touch shortly but that was all we built so that form data was sent to email of a team member and they manually called up places to see if they had availability and make a booking. All in all, we invested probably maybe a day into getting the site up and running and we could have probably done this with a form builder or something similar, but investing the day to make it look nice and functional was worth it to us. We drummed up some interest, made the first couple of bookings and talked to people. The final result was that no, People wanted to know what they were booking, so the exact place, they wanted to see pictures of it. In general, they they had a relationship to the venue. So our question was answered, and we stopped the project there since there was already a direct sports venue booking platform that was gaining traction at the time, and we couldn't find a competitive edge over them. Option three is instead of developing software is to buy a first version of the software or a tool that can do what you want to provide. Now, this can be achieved by combining WordPress, for example, with a theme or plugins, or if you're building a community, you might want to buy a membership system or something. 
depending on what you're trying to test. In my case, I was joining up with some Scandinavian business partners who had reported that there was a unique aspect to the real estate market up there, which was that people were hesitant to outright sell their home if they didn't already have a new place to buy. They didn't want to sell their home and then end up on the street without a place to live or even having to rent for a short while. So they'd come up with the idea of bringing together elderly sellers who wanted to move out of the city with younger buyers who wanted to move into the city and facilitate a a swap. Now, having never bought real estate myself, I was intrigued and thought it was worth a try. They had local connections. One of them was a real estate broker. So there was some de-risking already in place. And we all decided to invest a small bit of capital About a sixth of it we used for buying the WordPress real estate listing system and the rest for paid ads and marketing. I got everything set up. They started adding properties to the site and talking to potential customers. In the end, it turned out that a single swap was just very hard to accomplish because both the tastes of the buyer and the seller need to align. So a low probability. It was much more likely that you needed a chain of buyers and sellers to create a a kind of loop where the whole transaction chain relied on each part to complete. A year later, I found out that this is actually common practice in UK real estate. It just hadn't come up in my own research beforehand because I was focused on the term swaps and not chains. But yeah, lesson learned. My entrepreneurial journey is full of these little projects like this and the faster I can test the underlying hypothesis the better. The no-code movement at the moment is gaining a lot of traction and I think there'll be more and more possibilities to test ideas quickly so who knows what other stories I'll be able to tell you in 10 years time. Anyway that's all for today. Please share the episode if you like it, subscribe for further stories like this, and as always, there is a full transcript on futurealex.com. I will talk to you tomorrow.